What's up, everybody? Welcome to Projecting the Jump. This is your fourth episode. Uh, I am your boy, Flying J. We've made it three podcasts further than I thought, Flying J. Natron Clean here. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to make sure my computer is recording. I'm at 24% on my MacBook Pro from the mid-2012 uh, era. Um, but... Uh, so we have a professional setup today. You might see I, I laid some brick today for the podcast, got a microphone, a camera. Um, so we're trying to work out some of the janky kink. So we appreciate everybody who um, endured some of the technical difficulties that we've had. Just a little turbulence, you know, nothing much. But uh, we want to look back on the early pods and be like, damn, like we really came up. So um, thanks for grinding those out. Hopefully they were helpful. Um, and uh, also wanted to give a shout out to anybody who's subscribed to this podcast on any platform. Uh, we hit over 100 subscribers today, which blows me away. Uh, and it's super exciting to us. So, um, so yeah, without further ado, uh, our topic today is going to be talking about, you know, traditionally this is often called the uh, boom bus player. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it like a risk reward. So like calling this the all risk reward team. Uh, we're not going in uh, a format of positions. I do have a loose list. Um, I ca- I'm calling it the pointless countdown. Shout out to Christopher Harris of the Harris Football Podcast, one of my uh, podcast idols. Uh, but it's just a loose countdown. Uh, and as we go through, uh, we'll be checking in with Natron Clean as well, just to get his takes on some players. So it's like half semi-structured and then totally off the cuff, just some guys we want to throw at you that like, um, you know, could really make or break your fantasy roster. So, uh, so Natron, kind of, how did you look at this exercise uh, when you were going through it? And, you know, how do you view approaching these risk reward guys when you're going through in your draft? I'll, I'll be honest. I had a little bit harder time coming up with, with these guys than I have on some of the other, the previous ones. I think some of that is just because um, the way that, uh, you know, I was looking at it. I was looking at guys that were uh, kind of clearly ranked in the top 50, 75 uh, ADP at the moment that kind of had just wild outcomes of of ranges, you know, guys that could, could jump. I was kind of thinking about guys like who could be up in that top 20 and who could fall way out of the 120. Um, you know, it it was a little challenging because I think some of it is, at this point, um, you know, you kind of have strong opinions about a lot of these guys. You can see upside one way or you can see downside another way, but it's, it's, it's a little hard to see guys that have, um, that you kind of think, wow, I really have no idea what this guy's going, going to be. And there's a few of these. Um, so I'm really interested to see what your list looks like and, and how much overlap that we end up having. Word. Yeah, you always hear a lot of talk of boom bust, and I feel like it's one of those topics where the tread tread on the tires gets gets a little flat. Um, you know, it's just it's kind of a trope. Uh, so yeah, I'm interested to see kind of how we looked at this. We haven't gone over this list with each other. Um, so when I, I'm hitting uh, Nate with these ones, um, he's not they're they're going to be fresh takes. I'm sure we'll have some overlap, but uh, but yeah, this is probably the most raw we've went into a topic. So I'm stoked about it. Um, so I'll just jump into my number five. Um, my number five player, uh, his number one fantasy alarm is good stats, bad team guy. Uh, this player is Christian Wood. Mm. 
This is Christian Wood at number five. Um, Your boy. Your boy. He he is my boy, but I have trepidation around it. I always have. I'm confused. He's like, you know, he's mysterious. And like, I know I shouldn't bring him home to my parents. Like, you know, but I I just get intrigued. Um, But Christian Wood's never played for a good team. He's never played for a halfway decent team. Um, You know, some of the antics he had on the court, like he's he's kind of pouty. he looks for his own shot, uh, even if it's not within the flow of the offense. Or, you know, there was a game against the Wizards last year where he hit like 11 threes. And I think I was playing him that week. But I watched the game on Reddit. Um, I don't know if I should say that on this podcast. NBA League Pass. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and he just it it was a worthless whatever it was, 49 point game. And it was just like, OK, Christian Wood, like. Ha, you know, he hadn't been getting some run or, or Shinguna, you know, had been bumping up his minutes and they just threw him a bone and it was just a worthless rocket season. And it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I feel like he has the makings of good stats, bad team guy, but that could change. Um, I thought it was interesting. I got into watching some media day stuff uh, and Jason Kidd had said that he plans to bring Christian Wood off the bench to start the year because they're going to sh- start uh, the rat tail McGee. I like to call him JaVale McGee at center, conventional center. Uh, and I had heard that. Had, had you heard that that he was going to potentially come off the bench and Javale would start? Yeah, just you, me as of a week ago or whatever. Yeah, you'd heard that. Christian Wood had not. His response was, "This is the first time. To- first time I've heard anything about this." He said it with a bit of a, a smug smile, uh, but it had been all over Twitter. Uh, Jason Kidd had said it before, so it just kind of reminded me of like, is this guy just a complete knucklehead? Um, so. Yeah, again, Christian Wood, you know, last I'll run through it real quick. His ADP right now in Yahoo's 56, 57 on ESPN. Uh, last year he finished uh, 61st in nine cat. Um, so you're getting him around where he finished. I just, he's a popular guy. So like, I'm just curious to see where he goes in drafts. So just keep an eye on that um, as you're going through your drafts. I'm just kind of curious who comes out with Christian Wood, but his stat profile is fun. Um, I'll kind of toss it to you because I, you know, I'm sure you have some takes on Christian Wood, but do you, did you view him as a part of this exercise or did that kind of take you by surprise a little bit? I'm glad you brought him up because he definitely fits that mold a little bit. I've, uh, I've often wondered through the years, I'm like, is this, is he, is he good? Is, it, is he, I feel like uh, every time I watch him, I leave with a radically different opinion and more often than not, I, I kind of view him more to that who wants, it's on white side lens um, of just like filling up the stat sheet, crushing garbage time. Um, but uh, I've wanted to see him for a while on a winning basketball team to see what his influence would be because he's never had this opportunity before. He's always played for garbage team. So it's going to be really curious. Exactly. No, straight up. Yeah, I really like this on white side. Uh, comparison they just have a similar kind of knucklehead disposition white side can still put up stats but you can't when you're not on the court so i just wonder like will there be friction jason kidd's not going to mess around um so so there is you know a certain percentage chance that he uh does not ingratiate himself to jason kidd and i don't see jason kidd messing around with that so that's the floor on christian wood is he pisses off jason kidd and is riding the pine yeah 
Yeah, that's fair. I feel like we'd be remiss without throwing a shout out to uh, our league mate, Matt Butcher, or maybe it's Matt Boucher. Still, it's pretty ambiguous at this point, who uh, planted a Christian Wood basketball card <laughs> in his garden this spring. And then we've been getting live, basically live stream updates of this Christian uh, Christian Wood card. Um not necessarily growing, which maybe is right. a, is a metaphor for this upcoming season. Maybe not. Who knows? I had forgotten about the card thing. Um, I don't think either of us have met that man. Right? It's a great way to bomb with somebody. No, no, no. You know, yeah, yeah at least neighbor here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to jump into uh, uh, one of the guys I got is a as kind of a. I'm going to go kind of inverse then with some of my highest risk reward guy. Um, but is uh is somebody who I'm not necessarily a fan of, but I seem to get them every year. This is Gordon Hayward. Um, I think the I think enough people have been burned through him through the years because he's been in the league for so many years, and he and he just is he's really had a serious injury history. I mean, his last uh, five years playing, his games played have been 49, 44, 52, 72. That's nice one um so he's 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 almost certainly not going to marathon finish this season um but if he does you're looking at a guy who's clearly going to be top 35 um and and you can get him i mean for yeah he's currently going to 110 on yahoo adp um you know last year he finished this this was kind of surprising so he played 49 games for totals, he still uh, let's see here. I have this written down here. He was still still in the top sixty. So he's uh, so he, I mean he's he's a good player, and I think if he can, if the risk is you know if this is the year that he plays seventy games, um, you're getting a complete steal. But you know history has kind of shown. Maybe maybe it isn't. So I so I had to throw him in there as a risk reward guy. I like the way you said that. History has shown that maybe maybe it isn't. I he's definitely found his way onto your squads quite often. I remember one year I got him, I don't know, eight bucks in an auction. He was going to be out for a good amount of time, maybe a month or two. You know, and I was I was I was really working to hold him. We might have had one IR spot. We might have not had IR spots back at that point. And by the time he came back, you know, he he was he was ramping up and then he got hurt again. And I just spent all that time like thinking I had this this, you know, secret diamond in the rough stash of Gordy Harewood and he just never got it going. So he's one of those players mm-hmm. that I just let pass at this point. I just, you know, I pass him down and I, you know, grab the next thing. Um, but you still it's a great point. I mean, if you're the person that, that decides to take the chance on him and he stays healthy, that's a steal. Uh, but yeah, it's just because he's been around long enough. I bet everybody's going to have some association with him, and I'm just kind of done with with Gordy. But but the point is for the people. Uh, it's a good point. Yeah, fair. Word. Okay, so uh, again with my pointless countdown, um, I am going on my number four player here. Uh, the number one fantasy alarm on this guy: low efficiency, um, ongoing character issue concerns. Um, but again, my media day coverage. I had the opposite effect on me on this player. I watched some media day coverage. He was talking about how he was battling some personal demons and kind of reached a state of nirvana. And the local reporters uh, just seemed to be real excited on, on his prospects this year. And that is my boy, Kevin Porter, Jr. KPJ. Uh, uh-huh. So 
So, you know, he, uh, he intrigues me. Um, as we know, the percentages can be brutal if you've ever had them. Um, for my points league people, those uh, risks are highly mitigated. Uh, you don't got to worry about the 68% free throw shooting or the 41% from the field or the five to six turnovers a game don't matter as much. So just, just star him in a points league um, because he moves up four, five rounds in value. Um, right now he has an ADP on Yahoo of 109. ESPN has him at 111.5. Last year he did finish at 105 and nine cat despite his deficiencies. Uh, but he's a super young player. Uh, the, are the Rockets committed to him? That I'm not sure. Um, so I, I do want to get your take on on Kevin Porter Jr. Um, he's just one of those players I find myself once, you know, the if it's an auction format, for instance, and like he's at six dollars, I'm gonna push and then I'll back off. But like or in a draft, you know, I, I get pretty, I get tempted around the sixth or seventh round uh, because the upside is is tremendous. Uh, and he's, he's a fun player. Um, so yeah, what's what's your KPJ take? What when I said that, what was your first thought? Well, I think uh, I think you were onto something there. He said uh, uh, he I I I shouldn't say I won't draft him, but it's going to be pretty dramatic for me to do it. I just have a hard time trusting him. He's uh, pretty erratic. Uh, but his talent is is insane. I mean, and the numbers he put up, um, especially when he got to the Rockets, were were wild. I mean, that first year he got there after the trade. Um, oh, is he from Seattle? That's right. Um, Rainier Beach. Okay, yeah. Too. I worry about his efficiency. I worry about his his commitment. I worry about the Rocket. Like you said, the Rockets' commitment to him. Um, I think uh, he's a guy that makes me a little apprehensive but you're exactly right he's definitely one of those guys that if he it wouldn't be a shock at all if he ended up at 41 this season and you got him for four bucks um that's he, he definitely took the bill is he a player that you will be tempted by or you tend to let me ask you this you'll be more tempted by gordon hayward or kevin porter jr this season if you feel like the value is there uh I'd be more com- more tempted by Gordon Hayward um, because I feel like I know what I can get a little bit. Uh, I like the up. I mean, I feel like the upside is known, um, and and I I guess I like guys that at a minimum I could. I, I'm okay taking risk in in that. Uh, you're where the guy you're like okay, this first couple months he he could be quasi, and then he's going to have this ramp up. Uh, but I do like to target players. That I that I suspect are going to have consistent um, weeks, you know, game as far as game to game goes. Um, I think that's that's helpful for the way that I like to build my teams. Um, and I kind of feel like Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be one of those score forty seven points one game and uh, twelve the next. So um, I would probably pass on him, but I also could imagine regretting that uh, in a year. I think that offers a nice distinction on our styles, just drafting with you over the years. Um, the, I thought you'd say Hayward, and I definitely am a KPJ guy. So uh, we all have our styles and, and when we're constructing teams. Um, but uh, that's kind of interesting. When, 
you got a veteran player like Gordon Hayward. I don't even think I would never use the word upside with him. But yes, you're right. There is upside because there's value. Upside's about getting value, right? Like, so another way to look at it. upside doesn't always just mean like 23 and like, you know, uh, unpredictable. It could mean like 32 and chronically injured. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You... Speaking of chronically injured, of course, is your next. <laughs> uh, the next guy I get is, uh, is somebody who's going to start the season on injured reserve. Um, the question with this is, is, and we've seen these over the years too, with guys that start injured reserve usually see that ADP just kind of go into tank the closer and closer we get to draft because it's a big mystery, especially if the teams are a little vague with, with the kind of the details or the timelines of that. Um, so the guy I'm talking about here is Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, who yeah. who has who has that foot injury right now, and uh, and it sounds it you know when they when it when it happened they said he was supposed to be out for four to six months that was in July, um, so he's certainly going to be missing a, a good chunk of the season. Um, you know he's he, the question is is it four months uh, or is it or is it six? The, you know, I was reading up on, there was a, uh, like a local foot doctor in Memphis that kind of did a write up on this injury. And he said, if he was right, if, if he was a doctor diagnosing this, he would say it takes two to three months to heal from that injury. And then one to three months to kind of get yourself into physical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, just kind of your, to play the game. Um, so it was encouraging to hear that it only takes three months you know, for that foot to be healed. Um, you know, the thing is, I think if, if I was Memphis, I would bring him along slowly and be carefully um, just because of his injury history. Um, he had never played more than uh, never played more than 58 games in a season before last season before. So he, he kind of does have an injury history, um, you know, but last year he was healthy. He, he played almost every single game and he finished 14th in the league. So I think the question with JJJ is, um, is this going to be a lot like two years ago where he missed uh, he missed the first three months of the season and then they had him at like a 25-minute cap and then he was right. missing back-to-backs? Or are we looking at a basically a Pascal Siakam situation from last year where they had him as saying, like, is he out four to six weeks? He came back after a week oh and then was Pascal Siakam Right off the bat, he had the ground uh, running. People were getting him in drafts for like eight bucks or something like that, just like just silly. Um, so I think that's that's a pretty big swing there. I mean, his ADP is eighty eight right now. It was seventy nine when uh, when I last looked at it on Sunday. So he's this is is risen nine spots over the last uh, whatever this is five days. Um, so I think. It's something to monitor. I think that's where his ADP is when you draft is something to pay attention to. I love the comparison to Pascal Siakam last year. And and that was a swing player in a lot of people's leagues, I'm sure. I mean, the value was nuts and he just hit the ground running. Um, I feel like a little more concerned about, uh, and, you know, sounds like you really did some of the work on it, but um, JJJ's definitely struggled to stay on the court you know, throughout his career for a good chunk. 
but that upside it the sat profile the getting those those blocks with those threes um is really hard to do uh it's a he's a really rare combination uh he is he's he's a tasty fantasy asset so um it's tough to let him slip there everyone has to have their jjj line in their in their drafts um obviously it's a little easier in an auction where you can see where the price is at and decide if you want to get in on that or not you know in the typical snake draft most people are drafting you know that way you got to kind of decide where your line is if he's in a certain round i would say if i'm in a snake draft and he's there in round five i'm gonna get an itchy finger um just just know where your line is on a lot of these players because a lot of the guys we're talking about today um there's the injury it's injury risk you know and you got to have a, a price for those guys. So JJJ is going to be an interesting swing player. I love that. He is not on my list. So we have no overlap yet. Oh, perfect. Who do you got at number three? I'm curious. Yeah. Number, number three for me to continue the theme um, of, of injuries. Uh, and I, uh, maybe you guys have noticed, but I have what I call the number one fantasy alarm or number one alarm for all these guys. Uh, so number three, it's uh, chronic back issues and also MAGA affiliation. Uh, so any guesses on that one? Wow, yeah, I'm, I I had him listed on my sheet, and so I'm glad that you're touching on him because I uh, I'm I'm glad this is happening. <laughs> well, he's had way too many back doctors t- touching on him lately for me to be that gung ho about him. But um, again, one of those guys that if he does stay healthy. And especially in the right builds. And I, I think a lot about builds, like for instance, Kevin Porter Jr. in a punt free throws build jumps up a bunch. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, if if you're going for percentages, he's a great percentages player that's gonna give you points and threes and rebounds with that. Um, you might get a one and a one on the blocks and steals. Um, so Zach Lowe in uh July called MPJ the single most important swing factor player in the NBA. Uh so he's he's up there in fantasy too for me as far as swing players. Uh ADP right now is 70 at Yahoo and 85.5 on ESPN, a little more conservative over there. So again, uh, you know, not a whole lot to say on this one other than, you know, if you think it's good value and he does stay healthy, you're going to get a steal, but if if you spend too much capital on him, too much draft capital and uh you know, his his back go go ouchy again, um, or he comes down with a really rare form of uh, COVID. Um, first mentioned of COVID on this podcast, uh, you know, then. Wow. Uh-huh. So, yeah, for me, um, I'll probably stay away, but just be aware where you land on Michael Porter Jr. Because, you know, he's uh, going to make somebody very happy if he stays healthy. Where where are you out on MPJ there, Nate, Nate Trump? He's going to be a guy that I'm having a hard time staying away from. Mm, uh, mm. I am just allured by that, uh, by that talent level. Uh, is it's just the clean percentages. It's, he's one of those guys that his usage is so low. Um, but his numbers are so high and it's, and his percentages are really high. His turnovers are almost non-existent. Um, in his second year in the league, he finished at number 43 in his second year in the league. Um, that's without playing college too. Um, so it's, so for going for 14 bucks in an auction draft, that's pretty appealing. If you can get him at that, 
at that level. Um, at the same time, um, yeah, geez, it, it wouldn't be surprising if he plays another seven games this season. Uh, you know, I know he's coming into the league, like um, so many teams have met red flagged as a do not draft guy. Um, and I forget exactly what some of the, his like family has this like gnarly. I don't know if you remember this or heard this, like his family has this giant history of back injuries. Like his sister, uh, I think he has two sisters that played in college that both had career ending back injuries in college. Um, so he, it just, he has, there's a family history of this stuff. Um, but at the same time, a second year player finishing in the top 50, uh, especially playing with Jokic, uh, he's just going to get set up for so many open threes. He's not really going to be asked to do much. I mean, if just by, by virtue of being 6'11, he's going to get seven, eight rebounds. And then uh, he's going to have so more wide open threes than he could uh, pretend he knew what he did want to do with. And then on top of that, I, I, mean, like I just remember pretend he knew what he did with. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just remember, like, you remember this, his, his first year in the league, like Mike Malone, who hates playing rookies. I just remember him watching playing uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. And he'd come down the court and you could just tell Michael Porter Jr. N- knew without a doubt that he was the best player on the court. Yep. Like, it, it, I remember. Like, I can see the footage. And shoot the threes, and you were like, "Yep, dude, like, I remember you, it." You're playing with him, yeah. But uh, so he no. doesn't lack confidence. Uh, no. But yeah, I think this any any boom bust list that didn't have him on it is is uh is not not a good list. You're on the clock, and you feel like it's time to take either Maga Porter Jr. or Jaron Jackson Jr. You going Maga, or are you going Jaron? Uh. Assuming that they're the same price. Yeah. Uh, Assuming all is equal. Probably. Yeah. I'm. That's uh, a, a good question. They're pretty close in value. I mean, I'll probably swing for Maga Porter. Um, yeah. Just because I know at least he's going to start out. Uh, <laughs> he's, gonna, he's probably going to start out there. <laughs> so, again, I, I, I'll harpen back on this point. Um, Consider your bit and not anybody in an extreme drones in our league of record, our league of no, don't consider a bill, just recklessly draft players, please. But uh, Michael Porter Jr. is only valuable if in a build where you're really highlighting the percentages. I tend to go for those more athletic players who are going to get some blocks, get some threes, they're going to clang some threes. Uh, when you build your team around here in Fox every year, it's kind of hard to get full value out of a player like uh, MPJ. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, uh, yeah, the looking through, I mean, um, let's see here. So that you just did number three there. Uh, yep. The oh man, all right, trying to figure out who who to highlight here. I think I'm going to go with uh, somebody. I, I don't I don't feel really strongly about this take, so I'm going to try to keep it as quick as possible. Ooh, a weak take. I like I, it. A weak take. Yeah, <laughs> I just am. I'm curious. I'm curious about RJ Barrett a lot. Me too. Uh, like it. You know, it's, I feel like each game I watch in the same way, I feel, uh, I, I do do violent swings on it. Coming out of college, I, I thought this is the guy, this guy look has, has the look of it. Um, 
And he kind of, he has those games. I mean, he scored 20 points a game last season. Um, he's upped his points uh, output from 14 to 17 and a half to 20. So he has growth there. Um, the Knicks clearly need the scoring. Um, and one thing I'm kind of wondering is, you know, he's, in his career, he's never had a competent guard he's ever played with. I mean, who's the best guard he's ever played with? Uh, like the ghost of uh, Derrick Rose? The, the Eman- ghost Emmanuel of Quickly. It's Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, probably, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, that probably is who it is um, coming off the bench. But uh, so, I mean, I think there's, there's certainly potential there. Uh, you know, the... But, you know, then the hard part is he doesn't give you much more other than just straight scoring at this point, at least as of last season. Um, you know, his his steals over his career have, uh, have regressed from 1 to 0.7 to 0.6. His blocks have been at 0.3 his entire career. Um, you know, his points went up last season, like I said, from uh, by a little bit but that came at uh, expense of his percentages. I mean, he shot 41% from the field last year. Not good. Um, But, you know, despite all that, he's just entering his fourth year. Um, And, you know, if you kind of, you you look at it a little bit differently, I was kind of thinking like, okay, like who, who could he follow? Like, I mean, like uh, who, who could we expect to see Potentially, if you kind of squint a little bit, and two guys I came up with that I thought as potential comps would be uh, Jalen Brown and Chris Middleton. Um, and I was kind of looking at what's the dif- what's the difference between RJ Barrett and where those guys are. Both those guys clearly top fifty guys, solid like top fifty guys. Um, you know, RJ Barrett last year he made he made two threes a game. That's good. Uh, both Jalen Brown and Chris Middleton made two and a half. Um, slight jump up, you know, could he do that? Uh, I think that's really reasonable to kind of expect that jump. Um, where I think the difference between those two guys and him that I think would be a more surprising leap is in their defensive abilities. Um, you know, both those guys, they're averaging 1.5 stocks ballpark um where you know so he's he really would have to all of a sudden jump it up 0.5 a game which is a which is a big jump there um or he'll have to come up someplace else you know and i think one spot you know i i I can't imagine that he's all of a sudden going to turn into a defensive stopper but maybe with the um by having jalen brunson on the team his percentages he kind of has to take a little bit less of those like jacket up uh, deep twos and he gets set up for a couple more easy threes, a couple more layups a game. And he's able to move that percentages up a little bit. Um, and then all of a sudden a guy that you're drafting at 91 ADP becomes sitting in the top, you know, top 50. You know, I would say RJ Barrett is, is high on the list of players that, they're good defenders in real life. I mean, he's a good on-ball defender. He's a hard-nosed defender. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, I'm looking at his stats, and how is he average 0.3 blocks for his career? He averages 33.5 minutes. Hard. He's a long-rangey defender. He's athletic. I think he tries. I think he gives a rip. Um, but, yeah, point Yeah, eight, he plays for Gibbs. 
Right, exactly. So 0.8 steals and 0.3 blocks, and then a sub 70% free throw shooter and a sub 42% field goal shooter. I don't have a lot of builds where I'm punting both percentages and both defensive stats. Yeah. So I want to like RJ Barrett. And again, points league shout out. Points league, he he jumps up multiple rounds because there's no percentages. You're looking at the counting stats. And he is young. He might average 24 points a game this season. But do I think he'll average 1.2 blocks and, you know, 1.3 steals? I don't think so. I mean, why would that all of a sudden happen now? So I really liked um, the Jalen Green comparison. Uh, Jalen Green's defensive stats aren't awesome, um, but they're a little better. So if we could get Jalen Green size upticks out of R.J. Barrett in those deficient categories, you'd be looking at a nice player. I want to see it for one year first, and then I'll pay for it the next year. Yeah, fair, fair. But uh, he all was right, all- you got number two. I'm excited. Let's let's hear this unveiling. <laughs> and again, we don't know. Uh, we don't know these players ahead of time. Um, R.J. Barrett was honorable mention, by the way, for me. Uh, so I, again, you can't have a discussion about boom bust, make or break, all risk reward without this guy. Uh, number one alarm this season, staying in shape and on the court. First names, four letters. That's Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson's my number two. Gotta have him. I mean, the last time we saw this guy on the court, uh, 2021 season, he averaged 27 points, 7.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists while shooting 61% from the field. This is just a a complete swing for the fences. this guy's going to be top 25 or out of the top 150. There's no in the middle. This is the ultimate swing. Um, you know, so right now, Yahoo's got him at 41, ESPN at 30. So, man, um, I got goosebumps because, I, I mean, Zion's such a fun player. Um, wouldn't you love to be the guy that took the risk, you know, took the plunge on Zion the year that he put he stayed on the court? I mean, those numbers from two years ago just – and for certain builds, again, um, if you punt free throws, uh, that season he was number 19. Uh, he finished number 19. Um, so just, man, just I want to hear you. I, that's what I got. That's what I got on Zion. It just we all know it. We know what the risks are. We know the reward. Um, I want to hear your approach to Zion this draft season. Is it going to kill you if, if you watch him and go to somebody for 22 bucks or if he fell in the fourth round? It'd kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it. You're, I mean, you're right. It. He's the ultimate. He could be top five, or he could, you know, he could be not even top two hundred. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with a specific build. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of ink has been spilled about uh, some of his deficiency, even in that year where he just like exploded, where they're like, okay, like this is a guy he shoots. You know, I don't have his numbers in, or. I'll pull him up here real quick, but his, uh, you know, I mean, even in that year, yeah, he, what he, what he shot, he shot, uh, almost nine, three throws a game during that, during that, uh, blow up, but he shot at a sub 70%, which definitely kills you. I mean, you, you can't, you, you, you basically have to punt that you can't do that. Um, so a lot of ink has been spilled about that, but at the same time, who cares? You know, like if you draft him, you you're going to draft him high enough that you have that premeditated. I think the concern about that is um, you do want to build a specific build 
and you're going to build it around Zion. And the question is, are you going to be building a build around a guy who's going to be on your team all season? Um, that's the question. Um, but you're right. I mean, like, no, there, I don't think there's anybody more exciting to draft this year in fantasy. Uh, I, I am interested to see how frothy the bidding gets in, in our drafts. Um, I certainly will be involved in them. I don't know. I haven't decided how high I'll get, but I'll certainly be involved. Oh, he'll be involved. <laughs> Just, oh, I'm involved. Little button there. Oh, bid it up. <laughs> um, so don't Zion, forget about me, guys. Currently, the aggregate auction price for Zion, according to hashtag basketball, is 22 bucks. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for that risk reward. Um, in our league, for, for one, and it may be comparable to other people if you do auctions, by the way, we highly recommend auctions. Uh, it's super fun. There's just something about it. It's a magical two hours of your life. Um, I look forward to it every year. Um, so huge rec. Do you agree on this one, Natron? Yeah, it's the way to do it. It's arguably the funnest day of the year. Funnest two. It's certainly the funnest two hours of the year. <laughs> so good, so good. So yeah, if he's if he's at twenty two, I'll be frothing and I will be participating. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. us. That's Zion. What, yeah. Well, so I'm glad that you hit hit Zion where you did because the rest of the guys um, that I kind of want to touch on this one kind of roll through real quickly are are guys that are in the top fifty, top sixty that um, that I looked at and I thought, oh man, these guys guys that, that scare me and at the same time scare me to have some have on somebody else's team. Um, and it's the hard thing about these guys is that. They're all such known brands. They're, you know, they're they're going in the top fifty, top seventy for a reason. Everybody knows who they are, and they're all guys that have been discussed on all the mainstream media's. Um, everybody has an opinion on them. Anybody that's listening to this, everybody that's drafting, probably already has their mind made up, or at least has a strong opinion on them. Um, so it, it's a little hard to go too in depth. I think on those for that reason. Um, but I wanted to just kind of hit through a few of these guys, um, you know, and just spend a sentence or two. And then if you have some rebuttals or, or kind of have any comments, feel free to hop in. Otherwise I'll just roll to the next one. Love um, it. the first is, first is Anthony Davis going at number 17. Um, I just think if he would, if he plays 75 games, you probably won your league. Got to mention him. You got to. Yeah. Um, the next is uh, is Kyrie going at 16. Um, I mean, he's dominated the news cycle for the last two years. Uh, there's no no new information there. Um, I was sh- was shocked to see that him to go at, at 16. I mean, that that's a huge number. Um, you know, I think the the red flag with him is so I have his games played over the last uh, what is it six seven seasons. I'm going to read them in order. Oh boy. Uh, 29, 54, 20, 67, 60, 72, 53. Um, it doesn't play that much, but clearly he dominates when he's on the floor and he's probably going to be motivated as all hell this year. Um, yeah. Quick, quick pause on the Kyrie note. Uh, put on your commissioner hat. Natron is the uh, commissioner of our league that does a great job. Kyrie is like a trick with the um, the IR plus spot that came out to uh, combat COVID and deal with those 
just last second rule outs. We doing away with IR plus in our league and should leagues be doing away with that? I feel like it's now the Kyrie spot. You stashed last year. I mean, remember you, you, you had Kyrie, you just stuck him in there um, and you could activate him willy nilly. Um, so I feel like that was like a cheat code. If you had Kyrie, it's become like the Kyrie spot, which is ironic because he's the most famously unvaccinated uh, basketball player we got. Yeah, the IRS plot, IRS, IRS, definitely. Yeah, yeah, check that out. But it definitely was a good upgrade for Yahoo. I mean, because they just clearly didn't have the time to like just be in the weeds. Just if you if you had a guy that's on your team, you knew you're like, oh, he's got a rolled ankle. They say he's not playing on his Twitter tonight. But if but the people who work for Yahoo don't have the time to comb through every single one of those and update it 10 minutes before the game so it was a it was a good upgrade i i, I like keeping it i think it adds a little bit more flexibility um and i think maybe this is a discussion or argument for another day but the uh um i think pairing that with a cap on games played um is a nice kind of a it gives you some flexibility on both ends of it. it's kind of a reins in both the, the games played and and your ir like flexibility Thank you, Commissioner Licky. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Quick, uh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> My only note on Kyrie is, uh, according to Basketball Monster, which is Josh Lloyd's website, he was the number five overall player in total value, uh, as, as far as just the games he did play. So you know, wow. it's easy to to, to forget. Wow. Just, he's a killer. He's a he's he's a great basketball player and a great fantasy player. And it. Would it surprise anybody if he he's on, he's on an expiring contract? He's playing right. for a new contract this year. Would it surprise anybody if he averaged thirty-seven points a game this season? Absolutely um, not. And the Nets win the title. No, exactly. So he's great. I mean, he he will be on this list until he retires. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Along with probably the next guy I have on this list, I just want to touch on who is Ben Simmons, um, currently going eighty-four. Um, are you getting a guy who's going to average a triple double this year, or are you going to get a guy who, uh, maybe doesn't like basketball, maybe can't stay healthy, uh, certainly can't shoot. Is, uh, is he going to flake out when he, when the going gets tough? Um, I, once again, you know, he, he could be top 40. He could be, he could be out of this list. Uh, the one thing I was surprised to see, just looking at him real quick, um, was that the last season that he played, um, the one he, so the 2021 season where he famously passed on the dunk, he was not in the top 75 that season. I had him. Um, yeah, it kind of, he's been slightly trending down. Um, but once again, is he motivated? I wouldn't be surprised to see top 20, top 100, uh, but I'm sure everybody's got a, uh, got an opinion on him. Um, so I better then, I better jump in here yeah. because again we yeah. didn't we didn't reveal this stuff ahead of time. So I'll just say that um, these number one alarms, these descriptors on these players, the descriptor on my number one all risk reward player reads he is in fact Ben Simmons. That's the alarm that he's Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so, but but it's not Ben Simmons. It is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is the number oh, one player okay. on my list. Yeah, Ben Simmons <laughs> takes the cake here. Um, talk about a punting free throw percentage god. Um, you know, I was his numbers. He's a walking triple double. Um, again, like you said, like 
I had him that season and he was, he was trending down a little bit. Uh, I think the mental stuff was starting to, to, to seep in there. Uh, the meltdown didn't come until, until that series against Atlanta. It wasn't just that uh, pass to Thibel where he gave up the open dunk. Obviously he was uh, missing free throws left and right. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's mental with him. He had the yips. Uh, I don't know how much of the interview he gave to JJ Reddick that you listened to. Um, I don't think he fully gets it, but I think he's in this year. Um, so he's one of those players that when he comes up, like there'll be a physical like reaction in my body. Uh, he's just one of my guys and I do tend to build my teams towards the strengths of Ben Simmons. Um, so mm-hmm. he'll, he's a real tempting one for me. So he did just, just in my pointless countdown, he just slipped past Zion because I think depending on the draft you're in, you might have a room full of guys that are like, fuck Ben Simmons, you know, <laughs> take, take that value, take that shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's that, I feel like that's really going to be dra- like draft specific to see like exactly. who gets. Yeah. That's a good point there. Um, yeah. The, the, the only other guys I, I had to touch on here, um, unless you had more on Ben Simmons. No, that's, uh, that, that's which it. Is, uh, the just kind of wanted to round out those guys that I that kind of gave me the uh, queasies up there, which was uh, one first was CP three. Um, you know, I think for you know, I I always compare him to Willis McGahee, where I had been projecting the decline for about eight years and it never happened. Um, Former running but, back of the uh, Denver Broncos, Willis McGahee. Right, for, yeah, forty niners and uh, gotcha. twelve other teams at the end there, but um, but yeah, he's going thirty five this year. Last year he finished twenty three overall. Um, I was kind of surprised to see him go that high. I feel like it's the first time that his previous year's uh, production has finally caught up to where his ADP is. Good point. Um, you know, I think typically i've i've been i've got them a number of times in years uh, just because i feel like everybody in the draft is like this is the year that he's terrible and all of a sudden he slides way down your draft um you know i was but but 35 is high um i think if he slips into the 40s yeah i'm gonna be all over it again um but uh you know because he seems to be a little timeless I like it. I, I when you describe that every year, people project the 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 drop, the the decline, and uh, you know they got CP 3s gravestone already etched out and ready to go. It's kind of like Tom Brady in fantasy football. I mean, this year might actually finally be the year he's not startable right now in twelve team fantasy football leagues. Um, so maybe that's a sign of things to come for CP three. But I've always stayed away from CP three. There's just always somebody else I'd rather take a shot on. And there's been many times during the season where I was like, well, that was foolish. As he, then usually he pulls a hammy and I'm like, well, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. But last year was the first year I had true uh, CP3 envy uh, until he finally did get hurt and then came back towards the very end of the season right when fantasy playoffs were starting. Um, but I love your point about this is the first year where the ADP seems to have stuck around where he finished. Usually you're getting that discount because everyone's worried about the hamstring, worried about the uh, you know inevitable decline so great point think about that you know depending on your draft style with aging veterans look at their adp look at their production recently their injury history um and decide if they're you know there's a baked in value because people are worried that the wheels are going to fall off and identify who those players are for you uh, because 
that's how you find um, unique angles to attack your drafts. Yeah, that's a really strong point. I feel like CP3, you often get a discount because the last time they saw him, he was injured in the, in, in the playoffs, which is how it is every year. And I feel like you can think about other guys like that who finished the season poorly, left a bad taste in people's mouth. Um, you can kind of get for a good deal. Exactly. Uh, last two, last two, just got real quick here. Are, uh feel like you, you have to talk about Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. Honorable mention. He's not good. Uh, he's very, very, very bad in real life. He's a very bad player. Um, the same time with unique builds, I mean, I've had him a few years during this decline period, and uh, sometimes it's worked out on my build. Sometimes it hasn't. Um, but still, you know, you're going to, you know, he, he averaged almost 19 points. Uh, six rebounds and uh, seven assists, you know, so he's close to that triple double. If you're in some sort of weird punt three throws, punt field goal percentage, punt turnovers build, or you feel like you had enough guys to kind of compensate for one of those things. He's a guy that for five bucks, you know, you can be like, okay, well, I was going to punt both percentages. Like, cool. Yeah, go for it. Um, uh, yeah. So, so if you if your league happens to have plus minus as a category and you in you win it, if you have the player with the worst plus minus in your lineup, then Russell Westbrook gets a bump. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm really interested. <laughs> I'm really interested to see if he stays on the Lakers all season. Obviously, a part of the Westbrook experience this year is: does he become John Wall? Is he exiled? Is he a contract that's sent home? Uh, you know, that's on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's fair that every outcome, every outcome's there. Um, the last one I got, uh, is, is a guy, everybody, once again, uh, is very well known player. Um, and that's James Harden. Uh, you know, the question is, is he cooked? Um, you know, he's going, he's going really high in, in all these drafts, um, you know, and all the, uh, talk coming out. I mean, he's going right now. Uh, what is that? Like, he's going quite comfortably within the top 10 uh, for, for 50 bucks in auction drafts. But, uh, you know, the, all the talk in the offseason is he's finally, he's talking the talk. He's, he's in shape. He's really committed. Um, you know, and if he is, you know, for there was years there where the gap between him, him at number one in fantasy and number two was was sizable. Uh, I think there was, there was one season and I'm going to butcher the stat where difference between him, number one, and the next guy was, was comparable to like a, like a third round pick, an additional third round pick. Um, so if you're getting that guy, if he is that guy, you probably win your league, but at the same time, he's honestly looked uh, two steps too slow the last two seasons to me. But uh, but I'm cur- I'm really curious to see how he looks this year. Did you see uh, a reporter ask James Harden about his conditioning? And very tongue in cheek, he said, "Yeah, I mean, I lost about a hundred pounds over the off season." Like he literally said that. Did you see that? I did hear that. Yeah. Did you say that in in the club, or was that uh, where did he say that? <laughs> yeah, I think it was at little baby's birthday party. 
I guess he famously threw up his him. birthday cake off a yacht this summer. Um, hmm. He's uh, I think you guys have the same birthday, actually, right around the same same time. Do we really? Oh, yeah, like, he's. I think his birthday's the twenty eighth. Well, he's the day after mine. That's okay. Close enough. But uh, yeah, James Harden, man. Um, you know he he had a down year last year. It didn't look great. He still averaged twenty two points, ten point three assists, almost eight rebounds, a steal and a half. Point three oh more. Wow. Point three more blocks a game rooted to the ground than R.J. Barrett averaged last year. He doubled R.J. Barrett's blocks last year. So you know, how is that even possible? It, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've actually had him in a. I mentioned to you, I have a, my points league. Been in it for a decade. It's a keeper league. I've had James Harden since his rocket breakout. I got him for Chris Paul and Gordon Hayward in a two for one. Um, and I wanted to move him in the off season, but you know, I I actually think um, he's commit. When he took less money to go back to the Sixers, um, I do think he's going to be in better shape this year. That hammy is a little rooted, but um, man, if you can get him as your if you get him as a second player in a draft. Yeah, the upside. It's a real swing for the fences pick. So Harden's an interesting one. Um, I don't see myself taking him in a nine cat league, uh, but um, somebody's going to get a value if he stays healthy. And uh, yeah, no, I like James Harden. That's a good. That's a good call. Yeah. Well, it was a hell of a list. Yeah, well- um, you got anything more to say? Just kind of on the philosophy of this, like, how, like. Is there a limit to how many of these guys you want on your roster? I know you're not when you're going through a draft, it's not like you have a metric. I mean, you can. I've had all kinds of weird cheat sheets. But like if say I take a Kevin Porter Jr., it might make me less likely to take another RJ Barrett, for instance. I think their deficiencies are similar. You you're not gonna want to draft JJJ and MPJ, or do you? I heard on a podcast recently, uh somebody it was a shout out to um the Roto World uh, Fantasy Basketball Podcast, formerly known as uh, Round Ball Stew, um, and Dr. A, um, Steve Alexander, one of my favorite basketball podcasters, said he's going to draft an all-risk-reward team. I don't think he used that term, but basically take all of those guys like, and just see what, what you end up with. Um, so do you have a leveling system when you're going through your drafts, and do you think people should be cognizant of how many of these guys they do draft onto one team? I think so. So, I mean, otherwise, you know, your your outcomes are uh, either you're, you're undefeated in your league or your last place. Um, you might as well moderate it. I mean, um, that being said, I, I do remember a season, maybe it was five, six years ago or so, where I had um, I had a lot of injuries. I think I had maybe five guys on IR in a two IR spot. Um, so I started trading for more of these IR guys. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, just being like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose the next five games, and then if with any luck, I'll come roaring back into the playoffs. Um, but I think it's a bad idea to start to build your draft with so right. many risky guys. Um, why? I mean, you got you want to have a couple of those big swings, but then you also want to have a couple. You want to pair those with one of the glue guys. Um, I think that's a pretty like. Uh, pretty fair way to build a team i'm glad i asked that i forgot that was a great example that you decided to lean into it that season do you remember how that season turned out for you uh yeah it was the worst fan- this is my worst <laughs> season i've ever had it was just one of those grinds of the season where you're trying 
so hard and failing every single week. Uh, it was just, a, just yeah, just the injury bug caught up with me, which makes me, which I'm glad I had that experience because on when seasons, when everything goes right or you're in the playoffs and your opponent gets those injuries, you're kind of, you, you can remember be like, all right, I've, I've been there. It, there is some luck in, in staying healthy, um, it, which there is some luck in that, but I think there is also some amount of, uh, of playing the percentages a little bit. You know, there's some guys like Jokic, Jokic, I mean, knock on wood, he plays almost every single game. Um, meanwhile, if you get a, a Kyle Lowry or, or whoever, uh, Jimmy Butler, you could probably write it in that there's going to be some injuries in there. So yeah. I think, uh, there's a calculated risk. Interesting. We didn't, neither of us brought up Jimmy Butler, but yeah, he's, he could have easily made this list, but it's almost like, you know, exactly what the risk is. Like you're going to get 54 games. So it's like kind of a boring addition to the list, but you know, again, one of those players where if the value is right, because people know that, uh, and you're able to move him in and out of a IR, IR plus spot or something like that, then could be something to consider. Yeah. But like you said, I feel like, no. It's all baked in. It's baked in, exactly. Speaking of baked, um, I uh, have a baked potato in the oven. Uh, No, I don't really. But um, yeah, I hope I hope you guys have enjoyed the the level up in sound quality. We're kind of piecing things together. Uh, We wanted to get this rolling as draft season approaches. Uh, You know, so we just kind of started recording as raw with you know pretty pretty raw equipment and settings. So um, hope it sounded a little smoother for you guys. Um, we will have more content coming out soon. Um, Natron Clean, um, for those of you who don't know, he, he's in, in the wine industry. And during this time of year, if you have friends in the wine industry, you know uh, what it means to be in harvest. It's like this time where your, you know, your friend just disappears for a couple months, uh, or family member, whoever it may be. And life is just kind of different. So uh, we have Harvest Natron Clean uh, coming up here. So. Um, I really appreciate all the flexibility to make this happen. Um, obviously, uh, this is a passion of yours um, to be able to squeeze this in like this. So, um, so yeah, there's, what kind of hours are you looking at, you know, when you're grinding? Uh, we'll be we starting out uh, pretty soon here. And when we get going, it'll be 710s, 712s uh, for the next two months or so. Um which is uh, which is will be a little tough over the uh, draft season, but right. I'm sure we can be able to squeeze in a few more of these, which um, would be a nice uh, nice thing to uh, look forward to. Exactly, we'll make it happen. Um, everybody, start getting ready for your drafts. Uh, like I said, I got my first on Sunday, so uh, we are approaching draft season. So for Natron Clean, this is your boy Flying J, and we will talk to y'all next time. All right, later, Jake. Peace.